0: education team for Jackson Family Wines proudly brings you these podcasts for your listening enjoyment. Hey, good afternoon, Jackson Family Nation. Larry O'Brien here, and I am joined by the esteemed Katie Phillips. <laughs> Part of that Santa Barbara team that does such amazing work in the vineyard and in production and on sales and marketing as well. Katie's on the sales and marketing. Our Santa Barbara ambassador. Hello, not to be con- hey, <laughs> not to be confused with the other Katie, even spelled differently. We've got K A T Y. Katie Rogers. Yes. Uh, Katie Phillips obviously is the the woman about town. The woman who is out in the in the world bringing the Santa Barbara message to you and your accounts and you know what Santa Barbara is a very unique place. It's a place that produces primarily two varieties But, Lord, there is an enormous amount of diversity within this county. And Katie is there all the time. Uh, She's knee-deep in the vineyards and working with the production side. So, Katie, give us a little bit of a lowdown, uh, an elevator pitch, if you would, on Santa Barbara County, sort of um, from east to west, from north to south. What makes this place so unique and special?
1: So, well, that's what, sometimes it's a little misunderstood because Santa Barbara, as Jackson family, we talk about the west side, right? So that Chardonnay, Pinot Noir all day. Cool climate, proximity to the ocean, but the county as a whole does it all. So on the east side, we have everything from Cabernet to Grenache, uh, Sauvignon Blanc.
0: I actually just saw a Happy Canyon Cab. Yes. Of all things produced by AXR Winery in the Napa Valley, and my Lord, they weren't afraid to tell you how proud they were. I believe it was like 150 to $180 a bottle for a Happy Canyon cab, which happens to be...
1: Yeah, I mean, the the variety of temperatures and topography is kind of how I like to talk about it because you have our vineyards, which are between 15, 18 miles from the ocean. You could be standing, though, in San Inez Valley on the east side on a summer day, it's 95 degrees, and you drive out to any of our vineyards and it's 65. So you've wow. got a 30 degree temperature difference. So what we can grow is huge, which is amazing if you're a vineyard owner or a winemaker and you want to make a, an array of wines. but if you're a consumer trying to understand what Santa Barbara is good at making, I'm going to go to Napa Valley for cab. I'm going to go to you know, Oregon for Pinot Noir. I'm going to go to Sonoma for Chardonnay. What do people come to Santa Barbara about? And so that's where my whole purpose in living really day to day is to take Santa Barbara on the road. Um, obviously I'm selling wines from this West side, but I think for all of us to be able to talk to and help build that Santa Barbara County, which we'll talk about later as we go into each winery. But how do we talk about it? Who we are? What our places? You know, finding and helping educate buyers and consumers that don't know why this area is so special.
0: What's the vibe in Santa Barbara County like? I mean, when we think about Napa, a lot of people hang that moniker "Adult Disneyland" on <laughs> on Napa Valley. I've I've got limited experience with Santa Barbara, but my the vibe I get sure isn't adult Disneyland. It's it's quite different. What is the vibe in Santa Barbara?
1: Well, there's two different things. One, it's like a mecca of everything any type of person would wanna do. You wanna go wine tasting and, you know, be all bougie and go <laughs> to these fancy places and taste, or you can put on your cowboy boots and go and chill and relax. Um, There's great food, you're close to the ocean and beaches, you have mountains to go hiking, you have sand dunes to go dune buggy riding, you have horseback riding. I mean, it is like a Mecca of all things, food, wine, activity. So I guess it could still be considered adult Disneyland, but in a total polar opposite.
0: Sense you of the you mentioned the word bougie. Come on, Napa's bougie, isn't it? Yes. Is Santa Barbara bougie?
1: It can be. Really? Yes, it can be. It really, I mean, some of these wineries and, you know, the price points, like look at Santa Rita Hills and some of the price points that are coming out of Santa Rita Hills sure. too. So you're not just looking for consumers that are bellying up to the bar. They're serious wine consumers that, that are coming there for a very specific
0: reason. I don't know. It's It's just in Napa, I think of people... You know, in fancy cars driving up and down 29, when I think of Santa Barbara, I think of, hey, dude, you know, I, I even think, you know, nerdy wine drinkers are more like, hey, dude, versus, yes. you know, pass the great Poupon. Right? No, no,
1: you're right. And I, I say bougie just because there isn't there's a range of winery type. But yeah, it's not to the Napa degree. It's more, I call it the wild, wild west as well. Cause you see tumbleweeds going down the street. Again, the cowboy boots are more prevalent than Louboutins. Like it is, it's a different vibe altogether
0: for sure. Indeed. Indeed. So cool. So let's get a little more specific. So where exactly are we? As Jackson family wine in the county.
1: Yes. So land holdings would be the Cambria estate, which is really where we planted the flag, um, where we planted our flag with buying vineyards to obviously expand on the Kendall Jackson. When did
0: that happen? What year was that?
1: 1986. Yeah. And so 1986 was when we acquired the property. It was prior um, owned by Lucas and Llewellyn. Uh, Jess, you know, there's a whole big story. Again, we're trying to keep things concise just to Santa Barbara, but had that first right of refusal to purchase this estate because he viewed it as the filet mignon of California in terms of Chardonnay and then allowed us to create a standalone winery that was now single vineyard. So in a different realm than Kendall Jackson being, let's talk about sense of place uh, and kind of that ownership of that area.
0: And that, Estate was purchased because of Jess's experience using fruit yes. as the foundation for the quality and character of Kendall Jackson. Yes. And it went on to serve Kendall Jackson um, very, very intently for a very long period of time, but that the creation of Cambria was Jess's sort of first foray into the expression of place, that, yes. you know, that French concept of terroir. And speaking of terroir, give us a little bit of a, an idea Uh, How is the terroir of the west side of the county so unique and special?
1: So it's the transverse valleys, and that is these east to west going valleys where there is nothing impeding on the oceanic influence to the vineyard sites. So heavy fog, dense fog that is there overnight through the morning till about 10 a.m., burns off, typically around 10 to 11. We have like a two-hour window where in the summer it might be warm, sunny, not, I wouldn't call it hot, but, you know, average temperature in the summer is around 75. Now, you know, in these days, creeping up towards 80. But then the fog, I'm sorry, the wind starts just howling in at 1 p.m. Clockwork. I mean, whether, even if it's still warm out, the wind is 10, 15, 20 miles per hour, depending on the situation. So so that transverse valley is what makes this area the longest growing season Um, and then even Santa Rita Hills as well, which we haven't taken that little 45 minute drive basically down there. Uh, Same thing, transverse Valley as well. If you're going to compare the two though, I would say Santa Maria Valley is a very broad Valley. So wider, uh, and then a little more rolling hills where Santa Rita Hills is these narrower transverse valleys but much steeper terrain
0: is is Santa Rita a bit more extreme in your experience is the is it a little a little windier the 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 difference between daytime high and nighttime low a little broader is is are things just a little more extreme in Santa Rita or is that just my impression
1: I would say it is i mean again a little bit steeper hills a little more rugged a little it just feels more extreme when you're in Santa Maria everything feels easy breezy rolling hills very majestic
0: so there's one other appellation that hasn't officially received its appellation that sits literally in the middle of these these two other valleys, Santa Maria to the north, Mm -hmm. uh, Santa Rita Hills to the south, and Los Alamos is in the middle. What's what's kind of unique about Los Alamos? It seems inevitable. It's going to get its own appellation. And we're a very large landowner there.
1: Right. So that's also a transverse valley. A little bit blocked a little bit more from the oceanic influence, so not as broad of a valley, so a little bit more inland, teeny bit warmer. Uh, And then to the eastern side of that is that Aliso's Canyon AVA that came up in 2020. So that is on that, what everybody calls that Goldilocks Rhone zone. So there's not as much Chardonnay Pinot Noir. So we're kind of on the cutoff of that because (laughs) we're growing those cool climate varieties that it, it starts to transition just a little bit warmer as you go inland. So uh, so I could see that area again becoming recognized as its own AVA in time. So we've got, so again, going back, Cambria State, um, in Santa Maria Valley, we have a handful of land holdings, including Bar M, which a lot of people know from Diatom, uh, and then also Grand Reserve Chardonnay, Vintner's Reserve in Los Alamos. And then in Santa Rita Hills, really when we purchased Brewer Clifton Winery in 2016, that was when we got our entrance into Santa Rita Hills. So there's three ranches that Greg had planted in 07, 08, 09. Um, The 3D, the Hapgood, and the Machado. Each of those around like 13, 15 acres. So they're small compar- tiny. comparatively to yeah, tiny <laughs> what gross, we're yeah. used to. But then in 2017 was when we planted the Paraloon Vineyard. So Paraloon Vineyard is going to be that piece that catapults Santa Rita Hills for us into more recognized, a little you know bigger piece of the
0: area. Will be How Santa big Rita, is the Paraloon Vineyard? So
1: it's around 190 acres. Okay. Predominantly Chardonnay, Pinot, a teeny bit of Syrah.
0: Perfect, perfect. And and when do we expect to see fruit in wines from parallel
1: So 2020, for instance, Siduri Santa Barbara County Pinot
0: uses some Paraloo. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That's cool, yeah.
1: 2021 Ex Post Facto Syrah is coming completely from parallel so, Ooh, so it's cool. starting yeah. now as we're releasing to show its face. And, you know, again, the, the name actually was um, Greg Brewer came up with the name. So Paraloon with Vandenberg Air Force Base there. Also tying into these, you know, again, we'll kind of compare and contrast soils in Santa Maria to Santa Rita Hills. But in Santa Rita Hills, they're, they're all oceanic, kind of sandy, gravelly with obviously the diatomaceous earth. Santa Rita Hills, they're a little more like moon dust, like it's a dustier sand versus a you know, heavier sand in Santa Maria. And so he wanted to tie in this kind of moon-like aspect to the Air Force base. So Paraloon being the first orbit around the moon. So that's the name. Um, Exciting to see where that goes and what the future of that is for. So, So the thing I love about our portfolio, again, we talked about it. How do we sell Santa Barbara and who we are? We have the full array. We have the old school. I always call it like 80s, 90s, and today. It's like we've got... Cambria Winery in the 80s. We were some of the first, some of the very first vineyards planted in 1971, which we still have own rooted clone for Chardonnay. Um, then we've got the 90s. We've got the Greg Brewer who started in the 90s, helped develop. The Santa father, Rita, yeah, yeah. Founding father of Santa Rita Hills AVA. And then Nielsen, you know, we purchased the Byron property. Um in 2006, and then Nielsen Label, its own label, which we have today, developed in the mid, you know, 20 like 16, I think was the first vintage, and then Brewer Clift, you know, and so it's like we have this whole array of of style, um, sense of place, price point, winemaker style. Our whole portfolio could help develop a category, if you will. Obviously, right. there's other great producers and these icons sure. of the area that we want, you know, we, all, no know, we all know and love. Yeah. But it's about paying attention, I think. I think a lot of, you know, paying attention to wine shelves and wine lists, how much Santa Barbara is there, you know, when we go into each of these wineries –
0: yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great way to kind of uh, make this practical as, as as we close our our conversation here. It, 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 th- there is all this information that Katie's just provided, but how do you use it practically when you walk into an account and you look at a shelf or you look at a wine list? What's the application of of Santa Barbara?
1: Yeah, it's again, it's sense of place, winemaker style, and price point. So those three things, obviously. So again, we have Nielsen. So those, I just always say, are very kind of fruit-driven, lower on the oak profile, very accessible, and that perfect representation of Santa Barbara County, where we talked about Santa Maria, Los Alamos, and Santa Rita Hills, kind of layering in those flavors, textures, style. Uh, Then we have Cambria, we'd step it up, and I always use the word like kind of sophistication, so we go sophistication level to a single vineyard. So now we're looking at the flavors of a certain site, Um, what Jill's expression is of that site in every vintage, Um, the fact that we're single vineyard certified sustainable using French oak, um, the history behind it, all of the things that go into that wine and the category that it fits. um, It obviously over delivers as we know. Uh, And then we have Brewer Clifton, Santa Rita Hills, Suduri Santa Rita Hills, um, all of these types of things is then a whole other style so there's there's a style, a flavor, something for, for everyone. Uh, and one of the things I think as we're selling Santa Barbara that I've heard Jill talk about and even Greg kind of indirectly is Santa Barbara County, because of that cool climate, we get these high acidities, these racy acidities, these beautiful brightness that comes out in the wines. But because of then the sunshine that we still get, because we're in Central California, we get of physiological ripeness, so we get fruit, but not overdeveloped. And then the main component that kind of makes us different is that we have both of those and texture—a textural component, a richness, of the fruit, uh, a richness.
0: satisfying richness.
1: But like, what would you, you? Can you think of another region that? Typically has all three of those. Like, does Oregon Chardonnay have all three, or does Russian River Chard have all three?
0: I guarantee you, if you ask somebody from some (laughs) winemaker, they're going to say yes. Right, but But there's something identifiably sexy, sultry, rich, um, satisfying about Santa Barbara County without it ever stepping across the line of cloying. Or thick or over the top. We 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 just don't we don't make a Pinot Noir really in that style. It's it's it, we don't make it in Oregon. We do not make it in no. Sonoma County or Mendocino County, and we certainly don't make it in Santa Barbara. But there's something pretty, you know. Pretty lush and, and intense about those yes. Santa Barbara wines.
1: But then it's balanced with that salty sea yeah, air and the, the savory tart, the notes tangy, the savory, and the, yeah. all of this that is just it's so different. And again, that's what I love about what I do is getting to take this on the road and help people understand because now that I've taken you know, I was just Cambria now I'm all of Santa Barbara. When I show the whole lineup, typically not everybody's gonna buy every wine in the lineup, but they say wow, these wines are all really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm you know, but it's a confidence thing now. Like I go out, and I'm like, somebody's going to buy something from this lineup. And, but if we can talk them through categories and price points and styles, and they have zero of a Santa Barbara category on their wine list, why would they not bring in two or three things to make a category?
0: If, so, if you were going to build the perfect bag for a Santa Barbara yeah. day... What would that bag look like if it had to be – you had to limit it to four Santa Barbara wines?
1: Four Santa Barbara wines. Oh, that's really hard. Uh, I guess it depends on – well, you want to do your research, right? So we yeah. always talk about looking at the wine list. So if they have a handful of Santa Barbara Pinot Noirs, I'd probably lean more towards shards and then maybe a couple of Syrah. Uh, but I would say you would want to do like a Diatom Chardonnay because that is just – not like anything else in the portfolio. Correct. I know Greg prides himself on that because he's really helped, you know, he launched that in 2005 when there weren't many Chardonnays like that. I would do a Nielsen Pinot value style delivering yep. what Santa Barbara's all about Pinot Noir wise would be that. And then I would go ahead and do a Catherine Chardonnay being kind of that opposite of yeah. the diatom.
0: Without, without again too much right everything's just right that's kind of a Goldilocks Chardonnay
1: right and then I would go to Burclifton Pinot because you've got this whole cluster like intensity versus the Nielsen which is like wow like if you had all four of those wines on a wine list you kind of are covering
0: you cover Jackson Mm -hmm. family and the western side of the county pretty damn well
1: and then if you toss in a Syrah either Cambria or Facto, then you're like putting the wow factor on it and kind of Put a little bow.
0: Okay, I'll give edge. you that fifth wine. You yeah, to fifth the line. fifth wine in the You can back.
1: never just leave it at four.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Katie. I think we we covered a good bit of ground, and you can expect to hear more from us. And we'll go a little deeper on uh, more specific subjects, uh, uh, on geographical subjects, on winery subjects. And, and certainly Katie is the expert to bring you that information. So thank you, JFW Nation. Hope Thanks. you enjoyed it, and we'll see you again soon. Cheers.